our viewers and listeners to Empower Ed Podcast and now on Empower Ed TV on YouTube. Right now, we are still in the pandemic. We are progressing through it. And ever since I've started talking about the pandemic, one thing that I've, that really touched me is on how school leaders had been managing, you know, making decisions overnight uh, on how they would uh, proceed with with the pandemic and how learning would continue. In one of the talks that I've mentioned or that I've done, um, I've mentioned that the pandemic is actually a litmus test for school leadership right now. And, you know, um, this is a moment where true leaders shine. This is also the moment when um, school leaders continue to learn to make sure that education continues uh, for their respective school communities. To unpack further what it means to be a school leader at this time of the pandemic, I am with a very, very special guest. And I'm really honored and proud to have him in, in our Empower Ed uh, podcast slash TV show. Um, he is, I can say this, he, is, he has been an inspiration, actually a mentor, um, informal, um, informally, because I've never worked or under him. But I've, I've, he's been a very good uh, person in the sense that, you know, despite being in different communities, uh, well, in, uh, on, uh, depending on how we, no, uh, school communities in terms of, uh, of education, organization that we belong to, I've, I've always seen him as a very good person in terms of giving inspiration to everyone. So I am very proud and honored to have Brother Dennis Magbandwa all the way from Hong Kong. Hi, Brother Dennis. Hello, Jim. Good to see you. Uh, hi from Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Brother Dennis has been in Hong Kong for a few months now. Yeah, since right? uh, August 2019, I was assigned here. I moved out from uh, Manila, uh, and uh, now I'm assigned in, uh, in a LaSalle school in Hong Kong. And, and Brother Dennis has be, uh, belongs to the same community. I have known him through the Apple Distinguished Educators Community. And, you know, during the first conference that my school has um, organized, uh, there's always that one word that really uh, got stuck in my mind. And it's, it's your, well, patented word, tech system. And it has been like, you know, something that I've been considering all the time. But you've been a very good mentor uh, yeah. for a lot of people. And you're actually one of the pioneers in terms of, you know, making meaningful in tech integration in the classroom. And you have, you know, left your legacy in the Philippines. I hope you're coming back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's one thing that a lot of my colleagues, friends have missed from you. Um, so let's go deep to the discussion. Um, oh, Sorry. Brother Dennis, for our for the sake of our audience, can you say something about yourself also? Okay, sure. Uh, I'm Brother Dennis, and I'm uh, a LaSalle brother, and I've uh, been with uh, Basic Ed. Most of my, my uh, stint as a brother, assignment as a brother, has been with Basic Education. But the last one, the last six uh, years, I was with a uh, college. And so that experience made me uh, see both Love both basic ed and tertiary, and then also uh, one of my, of course, the things that I love to work on and learn actually it's more of 
not luck to really work on, but more of I learn a lot from it is how to integrate technology in the classrooms or instruction, something like that, and leading a school in that way. So uh, right now I'm in Hong Kong, and uh, just to give you a, a brief background, Hong Kong, we're back in school at least. Uh, if you were to look at it, they're like grade grades nine to eleven. They're back in school, and the usual temperature check and alcohol, alcohol gel, whatever they use, and of course uh, dec- declaration uh, whether you're sick or not, uh, and, and and that that stuff. So um, uh, and some students are also doing online now the, the the ones in the lower forms or lower grades uh, they're doing some uh, online classes at this time uh, all right thank you for the update brother Dennis and we hope that you continue to you know remain safe and healthy <laughs> at this time um, brother let's go to our discussion uh, okay. one of the new things one of uh, I've, I've read some of your reflections also <laughs> and you know our conversation, on, uh, on some chat groups that we have, um, in terms of preparation for this kind of crisis, I like. Uh, I think we all agree that we were caught off guard. Not just the Philippines, a lot of education systems. Yeah. Maybe you can talk about this um, thought, this reality that we have observed in terms of how the Philippines, you know, was not prepared for this, and how it uh, the Philippine education system could prepare for this. Okay, yeah. Um, this is not to blame anyone uh, that uh, there's some, someone, you know, because it's really difficult to prepare. But there is, I, as, as uh, my experience in the university or in the college, I, I encountered this uh, thinking about risk management. So the more you manage risk, the more you become prepared. And uh, looking back, uh, when, when we started to have uh, thinking about online classes or at least letting teachers use technology in the classroom and using Wi-Fi, uh, synchronous or asynchronous type of, of classes. Um, we did not think of pandemic. Definitely, we are aware not. But we were thinking of what if there were no classes? What if there was a disaster? What if, what if uh, it was just like a week or two of no classes and we can now have online classes? And uh, I think... Uh, when, when that uh, thought came to my mind, I, I, I tried to experiment on that by letting people know or at least become more aware of how to use technology in that manner. So uh, my, um, my difficulty then was when I was trying to do this, people were not so serious. I mean, I don't feel like I, I'm like the boy who, uh, I'm like uh, the boy who cried wolf type or... Uh, uh, or a uh, or uh, someone who just said uh, uh, who feels like a prophet there. I don't think of it that way. But I uh, I, I, I uh, see that uh, there we could have done more because what 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 is it what uh, what I think we failed to do was recognize that it can happen. Um, the World Education Blog, a website that I visited recently, said that there could be pandemics every 10 to 50 years. I mean, 50 years so long, you know, we would, some people would have died by then, but 10 years, and if, if 10 years. So if you really look at that as a, um, uh, as, uh, as a gauge for managing risk, therefore, we should have thought about what if we train teachers already for, for times where they cannot go to school or students themselves. So that, that was my, uh, my, my hope 
But when I went to the university, for example, in that level of tertiary education, uh, while I pushed for it somehow, it felt like people, even some teachers were not ready for it. They thought that it will always be like this, you know, the normal things you'll really have to do face-to-face. So um, it took some time uh, to get people to get into it. Not, and even when the pandemic occurred, you just noticed that, Ah, everyone needed, not just join, but actually needed to, to learn more about uh, online or distance learning. So uh, I, I could have, uh, we could have done more, in other words. So uh, there was a time when we did it uh, and uh, when we asked that maybe if we can have some, some online, more online classes, uh, the reaction was, well, maybe... It can only be used for uh, like uh, like uh, makeup classes. It's just it's just going to be just a backup, not as a secondary, not, not as not as part of a usual experience of students. So now we know after this pandemic and many other, may, maybe some God forbid this disaster, that students should should be able to feel like. Online classes are just normal because we do it at least twice or three times a week. Brother Dennis, um, I think you made a very good point in terms of you know preparedness. It's not really to pre- to to blame um, people or whoever mm-hmm. like leaders that we have yeah. even in our school system. I think it's really more that we didn't have this kind of experience like uh, recently. Um, even our like typhoon preparedness or disaster risk preparedness, uh, when I read the UN uh, document on, on risk preparation, I don't uh-huh. think we come close to that because even I mean I mean because the disaster that we have, they don't mm-hmm. usually last long. I mean um, the onset of it, maybe Correct. the effect Correct. the effect will mm-hmm. last longer, but like for example, typhoon after two, three days, we're we're springing back into action, you know. We're we're going back into 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 the school. Right. Um, the pandemic right now has really disrupted a lot, and and you know it's not just the education system. Well, to be fair, I think it a lot of sectors, business, you know, banking and everything, even medicine, uh, the medical sector that has been really affected. But going back also to to the system yeah. that we have, um, school leaders, brother. Like yeah. if we w- we're learning from this, and you know we're learning, it's not happening overnight. Um, how could school leaders prepare for this? You know disruptions that might last longer. Okay, well, it came to my mind one one statement. I don't know who said this, uh, uh, but it just came to my mind, and it might not be the first one to say it. But online will be our lifeline. <laughs> Online will be our lifeline during this time because uh, uh, think about maybe it's not pandemic. Maybe it's the threat of war, the threat of national security where students cannot go out because there is like possibly bombing somewhere. Possibly. So and, and it will not just take a week. It will take like a month. Now, if we don't prepare students to experience online learning, although we know that that the, let's say, telecoms will assist us, there will be no problems with the internet. At least there's one, one lifeline outside school where we can bring school to, to the homes. 
Um, for example, when during my time when I was uh, when I when we when I first saw Zoom, I said, "Why do I ask my 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 uh, the school administrators to to come to my office, which was like another building, several buildings away or streets away?" Because that was uh, uh, and 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 so I told them, "Why don't we use Zoom?" So let's practice. That was in two thousand and thirteen, I think. And of course, they found it funny because one of the things I asked is. If you're voting, kindly raise your hands. Of course, they, some, some raised their hands, but actually there was already a raise hand function. Some of those, actually, some of those people don't know that there's a raise hand function even up to now. Um, so uh, they found it funny, but now that people are using Zoom for meetings, I guess these this administrators were one of the first to say, yeah, actually it's easy. Uh, actually, I also even attended an accreditation meeting, not a visit, but accreditation meeting where I was somewhere out there and I was one of the uh, first to use the Zoom meeting for, for, the, for, for this board. Uh, and also uh, town assemblies, for example, for teachers. We've been using Zoom for, for some time, uh, teachers and staff, so that they can watch it live stream. And there was still no need, but I know very well that teachers or administrators now need to speak to the general assembly, to the teachers, to the parents. And you could see that online becomes a lifeline to share your thoughts, to, to help them week, weekly on how to guide your staff or your teachers in order for you to prepare for opening or at least do something new or you, you need to do something new for the school. So um, uh, second is... We should have done blended learning already several years ago when we, when we did not need to do this now. In Hong Kong, is still the same. When, I first, uh, when, I, when, I, when we first had uh, a stoppage of class last February 3, for example, um, people had to learn to use Zoom because they were not really using Zoom. They had LMS, but they were not having online classes. So, uh, that, of course, I'm not... Uh, there are many other types of uh, meet, meet, uh, meeting apps, but they've, they've, they've been trying to learn that. So, um, but I had this idea before also where we say, what if we, what if one third of our classes was online? I mean, what prevents us from saying one third of, if you're meeting three times a week in the university, one of that is online and two. So you can just choose. This two weeks is on is face-to-face uh, -face and one week is is uh, online so that you practice uh, again again we could have done that and I think that's one of the one of the things we we can offer students when they come back they should always have an experience of online or else they will lose that skill or even teachers will lose that skill uh, so uh, now, how, how to prepare? Of course, this is not the only, only disaster or only difficulty that we, might, we, that we can foresee. But uh, I, I guess one, one, one important thing is this. I, I think we, we should talk about it. Why are computers or phones or personal mobile devices as important as books now? <laughs> we've, never, we've never really said that uh, books... We said books are required, but how come we don't say that computers are required at this point? Maybe because it's expensive, definitely, but books are expensive too. And when you have, maybe if you do books and you don't print books, 
you just put it in a PDF format and many other forms, uh, type of Apple books, for example. They may not be as expensive. They can be expensive. But the, the question is, is a mobile device and internet data already a requirement now as much as we say books should be for everyone? Well, for me, I think we should look into that. I think we should say that mobile devices must be part of what it means to be a student now or even an office worker. Actually, yesterday, I, I, had, I visited the school, uh, the school where I'm assigned, and uh, I saw this teacher because she had an online class with the lower forms uh, in religious studies. Uh, and, and she had like four devices, four devices. One, the Mac, the, his, her laptop in front of her, as the main, uh, her main video, and to her left is an iPad, which was uh, to view what the students are viewing, and then uh, the phone just in, for for uh, connecting with her friends there uh, uh, with the co-teacher, and another one to to assist her, uh, for the video. So it's kind of like uh, this is not a rich school. This is this even uh, a teacher herself had to buy that because she felt that this is something that is most helpful for her in uh, dealing with her online classes. Brother, um, what yeah. I've picked up from what you've said is, I think this has been, maybe this is inviting us to, you know, um, have a different perspective or maybe to reframe, reframe the way we see technology right now. Um, mm -hmm. We share this passion for technology and, you know, you, we mm -hmm. always have a hard time, you know, telling people, some people would say, um, why, why do we need technology? We can teach in front, you know, face-to-face. Uh, -face. Uh, I can use, I've, I've thought this for, a long, for the longest time and, you know, things like that. Um, the usual, the usual banter, I think, would come out. But the yeah. pandemic, like what you've pointed out is, you know, if we could have given even the, uh, our students and even our teachers a taste of what it means, just, just simply, you know, to bring laptop, connect, and then, you know, use presentations, that, that kind of uh, minimum activity with technology, I think that could have been like, that actually is a good way to have introduced, to have had introduced technology. And, you know, what's happening right now, and, and I think I just want to be honest with this also. Um, I've been in touch with some higher education institutions, mm -hmm. and I think that has been their frustration. Uh, they had the opportunity to actually, uh, could have required their professors, mm -hmm. instructors, mm -hmm. and even mm -hmm. teachers in K to twelve yeah. to even just touch, you know, a laptop or yeah. use it. But that could have saved actually a lot of of things, the challenges that that came out when there was a rapid transition. I think because things went quickly, there was no yeah. time to prepare. But yeah. the wisdom that you're telling us is, you know, it's now essential that students have the yeah. digital skills. Right. They don't need to know how to edit like videos or do Photoshop yeah. or everything, but just the simple, you know, the simple navigation of a learning management system, like right. what, yeah. what you've been mentioning, yeah. or even mm -hmm. just using uh, for the teacher, you know, just presenting like this. I think that could, yeah. could, could, uh, that could have had uh, help us prepare. Yeah. Yeah, Jim, the, the, the thing that, that surprised me is this. It is only now that we are talking about inequitable access to technology. It seems like it's more obvious now. True, it's obvious. 
but we never accepted it that is that it was inequitable and inequitable before but when we said if we only said it was not everyone did not have an equal access then we should have been working with it even before the pandemic so so but we closed our eyes and therefore uh, therefore we are delayed in responding to it internet data for example uh, even even the telecom or uh, they they've not been they've not been uh, they were not ready for such data usage for example at this time no so um, I, I feel that um, we should have we should have recognized that inequality before and worked on it because not because this is going to happen but because i think it's almost like a student right and a teacher's right to have this in this modern in this modern world no? so uh, so so but but that's not easy because schools have to raise funds i mean it's not so but raising funds for scholarships could be this could could include already that uh, that type of how can we make it uh, how can we make access to technology to technology equal or uh, uh, equitable for those who do not have it in a, in our schools so uh, the funny thing also that i had was for example uh, i was I, you know i look around for for uh, web webinars and i saw um, uh, uh, um, our government's uh, information communication technology uh, webinar and one of them was how to how to use powerpoint I mean in this at this age and time teachers are being taught how to use it and there are people attending i i mean you can offer it but if people know it no one will attend but there are people there are teachers attending so that means they have not been using it uh, not to not to say maybe the, not to judge them to where their situation is like they might be up in the mountain no access to this and that but but even as teachers now even before you get out one one of uh, the, the things that i work on with disrupted ph is that all those who are going to be teachers should be educational technologists that's the that's the equalizer for me you may be very good science teacher and a math teacher is different but both of you are educational technologists you know how to use technology in the classroom brother um this this has been my 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 line also you know the the inequitable access mm. uh, the pandemic highlighted it the haves and the haves yeah. mm. and it's very glaring and you know what we're doing right now and i've heard this also being said um in the united states why are we waiting for a pandemic to equalize things right <laughs> exactly that's why, why are we, why are we waiting for a pandemic to equalize things and at some point people people always say that you know uh inequitable access has been there and it's really hard to work for it and uh, my opinion is simply because because we have made a choice at some point we have made a choice to let it continue especially structural inequitable access like what you have said yeah. um uh, it's not just school systems we recognize it's expensive but you know mm -hmm. um the government could step in right at some point there are programs there are programs to it 
but we don't want like what you've said brother we don't want it to stop with how simply how to use tools as teachers yes. in the end we need to recognize that they are you know they're not just using tools for the sake of using tools but they're you know uh, lesson designers you know yeah. they have to they have to craft uh this uh and and design learning experiences uh, whatever modality uh with sound pedagogy and i don't know if you you you've seen that that actually is my yeah. frustra- frustration right now mm-hmm. and i'm just telling myself we're taking things one step at a time so we're starting like what you've said how to use powerpoint you know how yeah. to how to <laughs> webinars we have to start with that Yeah. But I hope to see more webinars or maybe professional development. Like you, what we've been uh, telling people, sound pedagogy is very, very important. Right. And, yes. you know, brother, um, we're now on the last stretch. Um, yes. we, we've talked about the challenges and opportunities. I think we've mm. touched on that. Mm. I am more interested on your idea on how the pandemic is truly reshaping what it means to be a school leader right now. Okay. We can, you know, we can level it up. Uh, what it means to be um, not just a school leader for mm-hmm. a school, but to become mm-hmm. also an education leader sure. uh, at this time. Yeah, uh, I pity, I pity the leaders today. I mean, it's difficult to be a leader during this time, especially in the Philippines where things are not clear. Especially if the president says. Wala, wag, wag muna, wag muna klase. Laro na lang muna kayo kasi kailangan natin ng vaccine. So, what can, the, the message is not very clear. Uh, uh, should we continue in school? In fact, yesterday or the past two days, I was thinking of, yes, what if what if there's no school? I don't, I cannot imagine uh, a society without schools. No? But, uh, Of course, there is. There can be education. Schools may may be different, but an, a society without school or education may not may not be. I mean, it might be just a figment of imagination that it can happen. I, but I cannot imagine a life without school or education. So, leaders, how do you? How do we? Uh, what are what are the things that we need to do? Is that uh, I think as uh, as leaders. We must try out, try out every possible uh, scenarios, every possible preparation that we have. Because uh, uh, and to tinker around, not to be, not to, not to, uh, not not to be afraid to experiment. Because experimenting does make us, it it makes us aware of what is possible and what is not. Uh, while while you are making things uh, like stable you're all, you also need to continue to to uh, challenge that stability with something new because things change fast no so in the in, in this um, i think in discussion of ours uh, uh, Jim, the leaders now the educational leaders should uh, um, learn more how to be open to First is uh, that we may not be ready for something, and therefore we must be open to say, "Okay, I need your help on this." People around me, let's gather, let's let's work on something. I am not the only one who has the answer. A group of people in my school, EdTech people, uh, 
people who are into uh, technology, for example, for, for this online course. I, f- I found it funny that when we say old normal, because we're talking about new normal, OLD is actually, if you play with it, becomes ODL, which is o- <laughs> online distance learning now. The, that's the OLD, the ODL normal now. Uh, so uh, we must be ready for, for such. Okay, the, the last point I'd like to say that is, is here. There's a lot of savings when we go online distance learning. You know why? If one third of your time you don't use the classroom because they're at home, you actually have one third free school rooms. So you don't have to build too many school rooms. So instead of building school rooms or classrooms, you can build the infrastructure or use the money for technology investments and even have more students at the same time. So uh, uh, there's a lot of, and people also don't need to go to school, uh, physically to be in school. But I do look forward to that. I'm, I'm not the type who will say we'll all, we should always do uh, online class because you do need to bring them. And that's one of the, the I'm, I'm more for blended learning. So I look forward to the days where each school leader says the minimum amount of schooling is when you are online, offline, at the same time. You have, you have all these programs. All right. Thank you for the wonderful ideas, brother. Um, yeah. A lot of discussions right now. And I'm very thankful for, for you bringing out thoughts about you know what it why it's important to pre- to to prepare not just our, our 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 students our teachers but everyone in the school community um i think that's very very important for us to look into we have now a taste we are not just a taste we are actually experiencing a long disruption and you know <laughs> i just want to pick up like what you've mentioned i cannot also imagine a society you know without education. I think um, we all agree that um, face-to-face encounter, you know, they have, we cannot do them right now, um, but it does not stop us from, you know, educating our students. I think uh, it's because, maybe this is one thing also that we need to recognize, maybe because the way we see education has been really limited into the classroom, right? Um, yeah. we go inside the classroom, you are educated. Um, lifelong learning. I think we've been talking about lifelong learning enough. Uh, and, yeah. and we have been told that, you know, even learning outside the classroom, whether in formal, formal, non-formal, um, whatever modality it is, it's actually part of, of educating ourselves. And we don't stop educating ourselves just because we cannot go to right. the classroom. Right, so yeah. that's a very wonderful uh, insight coming from you, brother Dennis, and I'm very thankful uh, Jim, for I that. Just, I just yes, brother. I, I just like to add one last point. Um, we did not predict the pandemic, so we cannot we cannot blame anybody. Okay, we did not predict it. How prepared are? But the question is, how prepared are we for such? That's where we failed to predict. Well, there, do you remember the the most famous lines that says, uh, "How do you predict the future? You actually cannot predict the future. You you create it. It's it's best to create the future that you want to see." So for me, while we did not predict the pandemic, we could have predicted that we could have that we will be using blended learning or online distance learning. So 
in order for us to see that it will be used, let's already create that, that system where we allow teachers and students to learn how to be on an online environment, not in school, so that when something happens, such as this pandemic, we're ready for it. That's, the, that's what we say when we create the future. Thank you, brother. Wonderful yeah. insights. Um, yeah, um, you're a school leader. Also, you've been a school leader for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, on our part, I am also part of a team leading our school. Yeah. Also. And I've seen, I've seen, we've seen how school leaders are actually making decisions, not in a very normal way. You know, <laughs> there are a lot of quick decisions being done. Uh, and so we just tell our school leaders that we are also thinking of you. We also empathize you. with you. And we we pray that in whatever decisions that you're making right now, you're you're all you're all doing it for the greater good of everyone in the school community. So, right. brother, stay safe and healthy. Thank you so much. Yes, thank uh, you. We, I I remember promising or telling you that we will visit you in Hong Kong. Maybe that has to uh, that has to be <laughs> for now. Yes. <laughs> so there, we send our love and appreciation to the people of Hong Kong, especially right now also. And to you, yeah. of course, brother. My regards right. to everyone, to all our friends, and to my friends over in your school. Uh, uh, you guys there also rock. I mean, you, 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 you've been doing very well. So my regards to your president and, your, uh, and the friends that I have there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, brother. Um, yeah, we're all doing this for for our students and our school community. And yeah. thank you to our viewers. And, and this, you know, thank you so much <laughs> for, for following us and for, for, for taking part in this discussion. We hope to see you in our next episode over at our podcast and at our YouTube channel. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye. Bye, brother. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.